Welcome in. Good to have you on board today. Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Hey, don't forget uh, about our friends at Steel Tank Brewing out in Oconomowoc. Uh, there's a lot of great music going on in the area. I'll tell you this. They got uh, they got good music tonight out at Smoke on the Water. And uh, at Steel Tank Brewing and Rally Point, they have uh, a terrific lineup as well. Now, the food at Steel Tank is awesome. Uh, don't get me wrong. But also Rally Point, which is now out back, uh, which is behind Steel Tank, uh, is is rocking as well. That big new music venue, man, they opened that thing up, and it's been just awesome. It's been fantastic for them. Uh, they had the Trophy Husbands out there last week, and that was a big success. And uh, Steel Tank and Rally Point getting it done. So go to Steel Tank Brewing. You can find Steel Tank Brewing or, or uh, Rally Point. Uh, over on uh, the Facebook fan page and stuff. You can find it all over there. Steel Tank Brewing Company uh, in Oconomowoc. Rally Point's right behind it on Roebrook Lane, right behind the Exonia Bank, right behind Exonia Bank, and uh, you can find it right off of 67. So go check that out. And uh, like I said, Rally Point's got a lot of great music, and that music venue since they opened it is absolutely fantastic. Fantastic place. As a matter of fact, uh, tonight, Big Spoon is tonight. Tomorrow night is Kings of Radio. Kings of Radio is going to be there. Uh, and then Thursday, the 29th, you've got No Can Do, which is the tribute to the uh, Hollow Notes Band. Uh, then on March 1st, it's Aces High, Smart Mouth on March 8th, Shelly Mack and the Reunion on March 9th. They've got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, Almighty Vinyl on March 23rd, by the way. Bad Boy is going to be there on March 30th. A lot of names you know. The Now is going to be there on uh, April 20th. Uh, the Rock and Dockin is going to be there on April 19th. So a lot of good stuff at Rally Point Brewing, uh, right there on, uh, Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc. Good, good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking with Ryan Wood of uh, PackersNews.com. He's going to join us. We'll talk with him about, uh, what he heard yesterday and his thoughts on Halfley coming in as the new defensive coordinator. We'll get, uh, his thoughts there. We'll also talk with him about the upcoming NFL draft and moves that may or may not be made by the Green Bay Packers as well. So that's upcoming. We are also talking today about pressure. And it was just a terrific discussion yesterday, last night really, uh, about teams in the area that have pressure. And then when you kind of take it a step further and you start to look in the different leagues as we wind down in the NBA, baseball's getting ready to get started, the NFL offseason is upon us. When you start talking about, you know, kind of the pressure of certain teams and such, who is it? Who, who may have the most pressure on them? I, I, it was a fascinating discussion because there's so many different opinions on this and a lot of great reasons as to why. And some of them you didn't even think of that may have opened your eyes. Uh, this was one Paul had emailed me and said, uh, everybody's looking to, uh, at the swap from Drew Holiday to Dame, Damian Lillard. He said, you're missing the point. The reason the Bucks were so good when they won it was the defense and offense that came off of the bench. George Hill, Wes Matthews. Keep in mind, Drew was also on the team that got destroyed by an injured Miami team with really only Jimmy Butler. I agree with that. Uh, and that's why I said, look, uh, you can talk about George Hill. George Hill was kind of an extension of Budenholzer. He was maybe a coach on the floor. He knew that system, came out of the pop system anyway. Uh, Wesley Matthews, he was kind of a big bucket guy. He would come in and give you sustainability off of the bench. But it was always the energy of a junkyard dog like PJ Tucker. I go back to the year they won it. There was when they, when they told PJ Tucker, "We're not going to offer you a contract. Go see what you can find, and we'll let you know." That did something chemistry wise to this team. 
It, I, to this day, I, I, be, I believe that. P.J. Tucker was just a, he to me was the Scotty Williams of this team or, you know, the Darvin Ham of this team. He was the energy. He was the veracity. He was, he was the thunder dunk, the, the grabbing boards, the dirty work guy. And he did what the stars didn't want to do. And, and there's a role for that. And, and he was that guy. I, so to me, yes, George Hill was an extension of Budenholzer. Wesley Matthews, yes, big bucket guy. But the dirty work guy, that was P.J. Tucker. I, I completely agree with you. But there is something to be said for what this team was doing last year with Drew Holiday and the defense they played and the way they played, the communication they had, and the way it's being you know played this year. I, I think you got to admit that, right? I think you have to. Uh, this one's from Travis. He says, what do you think the chances are that the pack trade Christian Watson to move up and pick up that LSU wide receiver or use him and picks to trade for JJ dreaming probably, uh, but you never know, I guess. I don't know what the value is for Christian Watson. That would be my issue. He's been non-available since coming into the league. Well, I mean, for the reasons you want to trade him would be the reasons that if I'm a general manager, I'm sitting there going, I'm a little skeptical about this guy's talent. There's no question that when he's healthy, he's got speed. But he's he's dropped passes, and his availability is short-lived. Always hurt in training camp. Can't get on the same page. Takes him a while to get going. And then when he does, he blows out a wheel. I, I don't think there's a lot of value for Christian Watson right now, if you're talking about moving up in the first round of the draft. I don't know any general manager that's going, oh, I got that guy. You know what I mean? There's any general manager out there, yeah. Oh, I thought he was going to say something. We're going to work on getting Bill back. Uh, his connection just uh, uh, lagged a little bit right there. Let's uh, take a little break here and get Bill Michaels back on. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, Wayne, shopping for a new door? I sure am. This fiberglass door is really strong. We love ours. Do you need something more dependable? Yes, something that's durable, dent-resistant, knows how to take a hit and is going to last for years. We're still talking about the door, right? Uh, oh, yeah, right. Of course. Wayne Larrabee and Jeff Levering shopping together at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin? What could happen next? How about 0% interest for up to three years? Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months? I'm Gina Della from Pella. This incredible offer from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin is only available until February 29th. So hurry! We offer a wide range of window and door styles to perfectly match your home's unique design. Start customizing today with 0% interest for up to three years. Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months. Only at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com.
Welcome back. Sorry about that. Sometimes you got to figure these things out on the fly. I don't know what it is. Kind of did the same thing when we were uh, on the air in Vegas, too, uh, once a day, whether it was on Grant's show or my show, where all of a sudden it just lost us, and next thing you know, we're back on. So I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. But uh, good to be back, uh, and uh, glad to have you on board. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do so. 877-867-1670. Also, you can find us uh, over on uh, the uh, email site, uh, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter or X at Bill underscore Michaels. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at One Collision County Line in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Call them 262-251-1700. They do a terrific job. If you've been in a fender bender, maybe you just want to get uh, some of your paint detailed, car cleaned up, detailed, whatever, they can do it. One Collision County Line in Menominee Falls. They work great with all the insurance companies. They work great with you regarding your deductible. And they let you know what your vehicle's doing every step of the way via text message. So... You are always in the loop. Again, that is one collision county line on Menominee in uh, Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, 262-251-1700-262-251-1700. Coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with with Ryan Wood of PackersNews.com about the Packers, about the draft, about uh, who may or may not be with his team, his thoughts on all of that coming up, and what he heard yesterday uh, out of uh, Halfley and LaFleur. Speaking of Halfley, uh, we're going to uh, listen to his presser coming up here in just a second, but uh, I, I want to get your reaction to this. I want you to listen to everything that he has to say and what your thoughts were uh, coming up uh, as far as when you hear him speak, are you feeling good about the defense um, or are you feeling like this might not be the guy that, I, I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever the speak is. I want you to kind of take a listen to it, react to it. We got uh, Ryan Wood coming up at the bottom of the hour. Yesterday, the new defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers met with the media. Here's what he had to say. Let me start off, if you don't mind, with an opening statement. One, it's great to be here. Uh, really great to be here. It's been it's been a fast two weeks. I got here just, I guess, not even two weeks. So I'm coming about a week and a half. Um, hit the ground running. But first, I uh, want to thank Matt for the opportunity. And uh, as I get into really why I wanted to come here, he was one of the main reasons also like to thank Mark and Brian, Russ and Ed, uh, for making the process really smooth. Um, getting back to why I came, because I'm sure there's questions on that. You know, a lot of reporters have tried to hit me up and ask about, you know, why'd you leave? Why'd you leave a head job? What's, it, it really has more to do with this place than anything else. And one was Matt. Um, you know, I've known Matt for a while. Um, I worked with his brother, worked with... Kyle worked with Robert, worked with guys that he's known, so I've known of Matt. I've respected what he's done. I've watched what he's done here. I think he's like 56 and 27. Um, Great coach, great leader, great person, great family man. Those are all really important things for me, coming to work for another head coach, leaving a head coaching job. So Matt was a big reason. Um, And then Brian, watching the talent that he has acquired over the last few years, uh, when I really started to watch the tape, uh, watched the last few draft classes and the job that he's done and will continue to do going forward. That was obviously very appealing to me. Uh, maybe the biggest of players. Uh, when you look at when you look at what this team did and in the adversity that they kind of overcame early in the season. I mean, that says so much. One about Matt, the organization, the staff, and then about the players. A young team, the way they stuck together and really won at the end. 
uh, watching when our season ended, watching in the playoff games and watching at the end of the season, I mean, it was really impressive. And that really excited me. And then I guess lastly is, is, a, is a guy that grew up loving football. It's the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is like the mecca of the football world to me and probably to most people who grew up loving football. Um, just being here and driving in the Lambo every day, it still feels surreal. The community, um, maybe the best fans in all, in all of the world as well. I mean, that made a really, really hard decision for me. Uh, leaving Boston College, players that I love, staff that I loved, um, the leadership at the school, it made a really hard decision a lot easier. And ultimately, that's why I decided to come. Um, and now that my head's finally cleared up a little bit and I see things a heck of a lot more clearly than when I was making that decision, um, th there's, no, no, there's no doubt about it that I made a great one. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be around all you guys. I'm excited to be a part of the staff, some of the new guys that we brought in. And I really can't wait to get going. So with that, you guys, whatever you got, I'm here to answer. Jeff, we've heard about kind of your core beliefs as a defensive mind. Um, what have you heard? Everything. Uh -huh. you, you just press man coverage every single snap. Not every snap. I like to press people. Um, does that change when you come to the NFL? I know you've obviously been in the NFL before, but how much do those core beliefs change when you see the personnel you have here and it's a different game in this league? Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the NFL, right? And then I went to Ohio State, and the big knock on me when I went to Ohio State was this is an NFL guy. He, he can't coach in college, right? So the things I believe in defense or whether you're playing 3-4, 4-3, press man, which I do love, zone coverage, vision and break, quarters match, I mean, it comes down to, can you, can you take your players who you have and put them in the best position to succeed? And can you take your players and maximize their ability? Like every player wants to get better, and that's our job to do. Our job is to put the players in the best position to succeed and make plays. And that's through scheme, right? People can say that a lot of the scheme is simpler, but it's, it's very detailed. We try to make it simple for the players so they can play fast, so they don't have to think so they can be confident and not be afraid to make mistakes so I can get them the information we can get them the information that they need so they can go out there and be fearless and play with their hair on fire and just run and hit and cover and get off blocks and tackle I mean that's the beauty of the scheme and we got guys that can press let's line up and get our hands on people I mean I think that's really important you get a guy who can play his own third who can read two to one let's do it and go get the ball I mean I've been around like Richard Sherman who was as good at anybody to ever play the game at that and then I've been around some of the best press corners that have ever played the game. Guys like Darrell Revis and a lot of really good guys. So, you know, as we really piece this together, and, and I'm sure you know right now, and we're, we're watching it, we're, we're putting it together as a staff, um, but those core beliefs aren't going to change. That's how we're going to play. And our players should be excited about that. Um, and I'm excited about that as a coach. When you got here, I assume you, you went and looked back at what they did last year. Why do you think they weren't quite as good as they wanted to be on defense last year? I, I think they did a lot of good things. Um, and I, I think they played a lot of good defense in a lot of games. And I have respect for everybody that was on that staff and all the guys that were on the field. Um, for me right now, it's about moving forward. And as this thing gets going, try to improve it. And that's, that's really where my head's at right now. So you, you had success, obviously, in college. Um, but how do you know what you did there is going to work in the NFL? I mean, you mentioned that podcast with Adam Brennan. It's a totally different game with the quarterback runs and everything. 
So how, did, how does what you did at BC translate to what you need to do here? Well, it's going to be a little bit different than we did at BC. At BC, you had to worry about quarterback pulling the ball and running every single play. So I had to, when I went back, I had to adapt to that because I remember going back from when I was in San Francisco and all of a sudden the quarterback was running the ball every play. I was like, whoa, this is a little bit different, right? So you got to watch the film. You got to adjust. Um, I paid very close attention to the NFL. A lot of times at night I turn on film and watch what very similar people, a lot of close friends I have on defense were doing, and I've stayed up to date on a lot of it. But then we've got a great staff. I mean, we've got, you know, Derek Ansley, who's just a coordinator of the Chargers, Anthony Campanelli, who I think is a star. I think he's going to bring energy. I think he is a brilliant football coach. We've obviously kept Rebs, who I think did a really good job here. We've moved him to the D-line. I brought Vince Ogabasi, who was my assistant D-line coach. Um, he was with us in San Francisco as well, so he's been part of a very similar scheme, and he's a guy that I really trust. Um, and then Ryan Downer was actually a quality control coach when I was with the Browns. Totally different system. Right, and that's the other thing. I've been a part of, I mean, I've been a part of a lot of different defenses. And again, it goes back to, what are the, what is, what is this team going to be able to do best to allow us to win games? And whether those ideas come from the staff and we all put it together, I mean, that's that's how I'm going to do it here. You know, I've been a head coach now, and I think that's helped me. And I think that will be a, I think that will help me be a better assistant. I think it will help me be a better coordinator because I'm more open to ideas now because I don't care whose idea it is. If it's the best idea and it's going to help us win games, and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're in the process of doing now as we piece it all together. Jeff, you've been, like you said, you've been in San Francisco um, with their style of defense. Then you, with Patton, it was a completely different style of defense. Um, where do you sort of fit in between that in terms of pressure and, and non-pressure and things like that? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I think there's down and distances where you got to get exotic and you have to get after people and you have to pressure the quarterback. you got to get guys that can rush and you got to get guys that can cover, but you have to get after the quarterback. I think there's down distances, situations where not as much pressure, um, but when you, get, when you get a chance to get after the quarterback, you have to. Um, so I think there's a very fine line of that. And as we build this thing, I think you're going to see some things that look a little bit more exotic, and then there's sometimes we look simpler. Uh, I think that's the key to all this. I know you said you were more drawn to the Packers than drawn away from maybe trying to leave college, but I'm just wondering, how much did your job at BC change from the time you got there to the time you left with NIL and transfer portal? And could you envision other college coaches maybe making a similar move to the one you just made since it's kind of a unique shift. Yeah, it is unique. Um, and and I, I don't want to speak for other college coaches. I think being a, a college head coach is, you know, it's a great job. It's a great position. Um, how did it change? First year I got back to college when I left at Ohio State, it was pretty normal. And then when I got the BC job, COVID hit. So I got to know my team over Zoom. We had masks on in practice, and that was way different than anything I've ever experienced. Then the next year, the transfer portal came in, which it was like, all right, now I have to recruit players, but I also have to keep the guys that are on my team from leaving. There's no contract, so you recruit a guy and develop a guy, and all of a sudden he can leave. And then came paying players, uh, NIL. Uh, so it was, it was a storm, basically, since I got the head job of things that kept getting thrown at you. But you do the best you can, and you adapt. Um, certainly college football has changed, and I, I do think that you know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox here today and, and, and say this, but what I will say is that I do think there needs some things to change 
uh, but it's still a great game and they're still great coaches, but it changed a lot since I started that job. What, the, what traits are you looking for in the post-safety? Post-safety, I like how you use that term. That's good. It's exactly what I would call him. Um, I want a guy who can erase things. He, we got to eliminate explosive plays when we play this defense. So if a run hits up the middle, this guy's got to come out of the middle field with his hair, hair on fire. He's got to be able to get a guy down. I also want him to be a guy when a ball carrier's wrapped up, he goes and he finishes off the pile. I want a guy who can go from sideline to sideline and take the ball away. I think that position has to be a guy with high ball production, meaning he's got to be able to intercept the ball. Um, he's got to be a guy that can communicate, and he's got to be a guy that can get guys lined up and make some calls back there. And I'd love a guy who can play man, so I guess I'm describing the perfect player to you. Um, but those are some of the traits that I would look for in playing that position. Is how is that very important or is it, that less it's become less important. You've seen guys back there that can be anywhere from 190 to 205 or even bigger. Um, I coached some really good ones in San Francisco who were 190, 195. I've coached some good ones that are 215. I'm not a guy that's going to just say, you have to fit this mold and be 6'2 and 205 or 210 to play a certain position. I think it's more trait-based. Now, if you can get a guy with those traits and he's bigger, I think it helps. But I think you can have both. So is safety a super critical position for your defense? You know, if you look league-wide, it's maybe a bit diminished, um, maybe compared to like some other positions, but your, for your defense, is it just a critical spot? I think it's an important spot. Um, yeah, I think that guy back in the middle of the field, when things break down, he has to get it down. When they throw the ball up in the air, he has to go and get it. Um, I think it's a very important spot in the defense. Jeff, what did you like about Campanile? What did you know about him, and, and what really... It was in Hard Knocks. That's not where I got to know him. <laughs> a lot of you guys are probably thinking that's where we found him. A lot of you guys probably watched him on Hard Knocks. But I'm going to reiterate this. When you see Anthony on Hard Knocks, you probably think of a fiery, energetic, motivator, you know, guy from Jersey, because he definitely has a Jersey accent, right? Um but he's one of the he's one of the best, most loyal people that I've ever been around, and he's one of the best football coaches that I've ever been around. We go way back, yet we really haven't worked together. When I was uh, really a young college coach, he was a coordinator at a high school I used to go to. They were one of the best high schools in the nation, um, and we'd always spend hours talking football, and I mean hours. So finally, when I was at Pitt, I had a chance to get him offered to be a graduate assistant because I thought so highly of him. Well, the head coach was let go, so then I went to Rutgers, and as I was leaving Rutgers to go to Tampa, I got him a GA job there, and we kept in touch always. I mean, football questions constantly, get together whenever we can. When I got to Ohio State, I tried to hire him, um, but he, for one reason or another, he couldn't leave at the time. When I got to Boston College, I tried to hire him, um, but he decided to go somewhere else, so this time I recruited him a lot better. Um, but that's really my history with Anthony. I'm glad, very glad that he's here. I think you guys will enjoy him. More importantly, I think the players are going to love him. And that's really important as we built this staff. I mean, you ask about style of defense. The one thing that's probably most important to me, even more so than X's and O's, the guys, the coaches, I mean, we're in this thing together. When you turn on the film, these guys got to all be running the ball because they respect one another. And they got to play, they got to play together. And you got to see that on the tape. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that, 
you know, I'm going to stress with this group, with this staff, and the style of play we're going to play on defense. These guys got to love playing with each other, and they got to love each other. Jeff, what what did you like, can I just ask real quick, what did sure. you like about uh, Vince and Ansley, too? I mean, you yeah, were... um, I'll start with Vince. Vince was, when I was at, in San Francisco, I met Vince. He was the assistant T-line coach, um, and I highly intelligent, played the position, Duke grad, um, really good relationships with the players, really good teacher, uh, fundamentals, technique, and then he was at UCLA with Chip. And when I got the job at BC, he was a D-line coach at Chip, and I called and, you know, I took a swing, and he decided to come. His players love playing for him, and he gets on them hard. He coaches them hard. He's demanding. He holds them to a standard. But he's got such good relationships, and he's such a good teacher, and he's so smart. From a big picture-wise, I think he has the ability to, to see it all. Um, so he's really sharp. With Derek... Uh, Derek and I know each other from when I was a DB. My first DB coach, the first go around, being at combines, getting to know him, working the combine drills together. He worked with one of my good friends out in uh, Oakland at the time, so we kind of talked quite a bit. Followed his career, kept in touch with him, and then he's got coordinator experience. So as we piece this thing together, he knows what it's like to sit in my chair, um, and he brings a lot of value in some different things. He's been a part of some different scheme, um, which I think will help. When you were at Pitt, did you know right away, you guys know right away what you had in Revis? And you've come to the draft and develop team of the NFL. You're going to have a young roster. I suppose player development, I mean, from what you just came from, that's got to be one of your signatures, right? Yeah, I think player development is the most important thing at any level. I mean, you've got, to get, you've got to get players better at every level along the way. I mean, I thought I was a really good coach when I had Revis. When he left, I realized I had a lot of work to do. Um, he was a special player who he was a junior when I got there, so I can't say I had much to do with his development, but it was fun to coach him, and I hope to coach more guys like him in the future. But player development's huge. And at Boston College, that was we had to take you know some of those lower star guys and try to get them to play like four or five star guys. That's always been important to me. It's always been important to me to try to get to make the game simpler for players. And that's the biggest thing you'll hear me say a lot. I want to simplify it for them because I think part of me being a coach is I have to be a great teacher. So I take all this information that I have and all these things, but I make it very simple for you to understand so you can go out and play fast and aggressive and not worry about anything. Um, that's why practice is so important. Hey, Jeff. There you go. That's the new defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley, for the Green Bay Packers. I, I got to tell you, that – Listening to him, I mean, I look, I agree with a lot of the things that he's saying, so I feel good about that, but it's all talk right now. But you can listen to that guy forever. Joe Barry, that was that was like taking Ambien. <laughs> Man, uh, he's got a lot of energy and sounds terrific. So uh, we'll talk with, coming up next, Ryan Wood of PackersNews.com and get his impression of all of this when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Ryan Wood, talking Packers, next on the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Do you love winning? This February, head to Pottawatomie Casino Hotel, Milwaukee, and fall head over heels with the Love It or Leave It $400,000 game show. Thursday nights, you could play the Love It or Leave It game show where you can love your prize or leave it for another. Play with your club card to earn drawing entries. Top prize is ten grand in cash. It's time for Love It or Leave It. Only at Pottawatomie. Learn more at PaceBake.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play.
Bill Michaels show continuing on good stuff from Halfley in that last segment and good to talk some NFL draft last hour with uh, Matt Miller from ESPN radio. And now we uh, kind of switch gears. We uh, go to our guy, uh, Ryan Wood of PackersNews.com joining us on the hotline to talk a little bit more about the Green Bay Packers in general. Ryan, how you doing, man? Well, I'll tell you what, Bill, a little bit of breaking news for you in the, uh, the personal Ron, a, a very exciting weekend for my family. This morning, my sister gave birth to twin girls. Um, and that's only half the story because tomorrow my twin boys have their 10th birthday. So one day short of 10 years wow. after having twins, my, uh, my sister had twin girls today, Adeline and Ruth Morgan. Uh, our family couldn't be uh, more thrilled. It's just an uh, unbelievable blessing. That would be the Wood family squared. Yes, I like that. exactly. We we we, we got to get into the multiplication tables now, and <laughs> and just just like me, you know, I've got an oldest, and my sister has an oldest. That that transition zero to one, yeah, one that's had their first child. That that that's that's something. But one to that, three, wow, that's that's a different ball game. It's it's going to be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, you guys got the double up gene, man. How about that? Good for you and good for her. Congratulations. It's, yeah, yeah, it's something. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I, let me ask you this, because I'm sitting here listening to Halfley, and I said, uh, uh, going into break, I said, the difference between Halfley and listening to Joe Barry is like taking Ambien. <laughs> so, I, I, look, I got to admit, I, the guy's energy, he says a lot of the right things, you know, this seems to really have a method to the madness when it comes to the way he's put a staff together. So give me your thoughts and your first impressions. Well, it's not just Jeff Halfley, is it? It's the entire staff. I mean, from defensive line to the secondary, every assistant coach on this staff brings the energy. You know, Bill, it it reminds me so much of last year, a year ago, just the inverse, because it's, you know, a year ago, it's it's not just a a new quarterback at Jordan Love. It's a new supporting cast everywhere. You're bringing in rookie tight ends, rookie receivers, it's an entirely new offense, and for the first time in a long time, and no one really knew how it was going to go, but it was very intriguing. I mean, you wanted to find out. You're very curious, and with, with this defense now, a year later, it's, it's not just a new defensive coordinator. It's a new scheme. They're going 4-3. They're talking about being vision-based with their coverage. They're, t- they're talking about being situational with their scheme. There's going to be some zone. There's going to be some man. Jeff Halfley made it very clear he loves press man. We haven't seen much of that in a while for the Packers. No one knows how this is going to go, but it's intriguing. Uh, you're very curious to find out, and, and it's, it's going to be a fascinating offseason, just like it was for the offense last year, now on the defensive side of the ball. How far away are they, in your opinion, personnel-wise, to where they need to be for what he wants to play? Well, they've, they've, they've got to figure out the back end of their defense. and We all know that, right? They, they, they need two safeties, and it's it's not enough to you know just dip in free agency, dip in the draft, and go get a guy. They, they they've got to have a complete makeover of that depth chart. They have some depth pieces now, but Jeff Halfley said it yesterday: a, a post safety, a guy that can be an eraser on the back end. They haven't had that for years, and and, and they they need to find one because that that guy mitigates mistakes. And not only that, but he he can cause 
an offense to make mistakes and a quarterback to make mistakes himself. Uh, you know, I, they need a slot corner. How Darnell Savage hasn't played more snaps uh, before entering free agency as as a, as a slot corner, I'll, I'll never understand. It's not like we haven't seen this defense mismanaged defensive backs before. For years, Micah Hyde was a safety. He played in the slot. He goes to Buffalo, and he becomes a pro bowler. He becomes a mainstay at safety. Uh, we, we've seen it on down the line. They, they've got to figure out their secondary. I'll say this, though. That defensive line, the interior defensive line, they don't have to touch that at all. From Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt might not be there yet, but he took a step last year. He's got to take another yep. one, but he clearly took a step. T.J. Slayton might have been the most underrated player on this entire roster. He, he was an absolute beast in the middle. He, he does the dirty work. He, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of, snap, a lot of sacks, but – he he showed increased penetration, increased burst off the line as a pass rusher. But his run defense, you know, it sounds strange because this this is a defense that allowed 200 rushing yards in four games last year. But when an offenses wanted to run the ball on the Packers, and they did, they had to go outside the tackles. This defensive line is a really good foundation for Jeff Halfley to, the, to build on. But the further away you get from the line of scrimmage, the bigger the problems are. Well, let's start with that because you go outside of the tackles. You got Preston Smith on one end, you're Sean Gary coming back from that knee injury last year on the other side. You're kind of mixing in Lucas Van Ness. Give me your thoughts on how they played as that trio. Well, that's the thing is it's it's not a trio. It, it you know, Kingsley and Igbari's injury is very significant because for the first time since 2015, the Packers had four edge defenders play at least 400 snaps. Yeah, and it happened in almost a decade. Any defensive coordinator will tell you, you want a good four-man rotation on the edge. You want two guys that are your starters, your pillars, and you want two guys that can run. Oh, we lost Ryan Wood. We lost Ryan Wood. Uh, Something I'll work up on him back, all right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the bugs are right now, but uh, – I think when Grant left, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't charge up everything, or he pulled the gerbils off of the habit trail. <laughs> so, uh, something's not right. But uh, we will uh, we'll get Ryan Wood back uh, on the line because man, he was he was rolling. And congratulations to his sister, by the way, on having the twins. So uh, Ryan does it a year ago uh, today, and his sister did it yesterday. So four new uh, four new Woods in the world within a year. So good stuff there. But uh, we will touch base with Ryan Wood coming up here uh, in just a moment. But, uh, again, uh, going back to what he uh, he stated, um, you know, it, the interior. Uh, I got I, him back, Bill, if you want to get him on. Okay, let's go back to Ryan Wood because you were in mid, midstream of thought talking about Angabari and what he meant to this team and the outside uh, you know, pass rush and the outside edge rushers when it comes to defending the run, too. And I like where you were going with it because it's something that I've been saying for a while. And also when I look at the edge, they didn't set the edge very well this past year. Oh, they didn't set the edge at all. That, that's everybody. You know, some more than others. Rashawn Gary, Kingsley, and Ibarri especially uh, struggled when it came to, to setting the edge. They're all capable of it. They, 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 all, they all had their moments when they did. It was just far too inconsistent. Preston Smith, and I, I, I do think you know, Lucas Van Ness was kind of like the first-round pick that had a really solid season that nobody talked about. He just went about his business. But you look at Lucas Van Ness in 2023 against Rashawn Gary in 2019, and he had a far better season. It's not close, and that's got to bode very well for a promising future. So, yeah, they they, they absolutely, you know, how, how does a defense with a great defensive line, and that's what the Packers had last year on the interior, 
how how do you have one of the league's worst run defenses with that? It's because you don't set an edge, and game after game is an issue. Um, by the way, some breaking news, but the NFL, uh, 30 million increase this year in salary cap, 255 million is where the salary cap's going to be this year, which adds some more money to the Green Bay Packers and their coffers as well. So knowing that now, Ryan, what do you, who do you see coming back with this team and not coming back with this team when it comes to the defensive side of the football? It sure looks like they're going to let all the, the, the free agents that they have, Darnell Savage, Keyshawn Nixon, allow them to test the market and then come back to us. What, what, what's the market? And they'll decide then whether or not they can match or if it's time to move on. Uh, you know, it's easy to look at Darnell Savage's missed tackles, and, and they came in some critical moments, and his inability to track the football deep, which is what you need from a free safety, and say, ah, he's just a bust. But the plan never made sense with him. They drafted him knowing that he was never a full-time safety in college. And they've never given them any, any, any other choice but to keep him at, at free safety because they've only drafted three safeties since Darnell Savage in the first round 2019. They were all seventh-round picks. Those are special teamers. Those are not starting-level players, starting rounds. And he's, yeah, we've seen when, when, when he's made plays, Dallas – we, he, he's the most most athletic defensive back that they have in that secondary, but they just kept him in a place where where he, he how many times does he have to tell you with his play? He's not a, a, a starting free safety. He's not a guy you just put on the back end of the defense and leave him there. And they they, they never course corrected. So it, it, you would think if they were going to, it, it's, it's fascinating because they they need a slot corner. Keyshawn Nixon's not the guy. They absolutely bring him back because he's a two time All Pro defending kickoff return. I mean, he, he tilts the field as a kickoff specialist, but he's, he's not a guy playing 800 snaps from, in, in, in a slot for a good defense. Is Darnell Savage that guy? We don't know. We, we, we haven't seen it. You would think that if, he was, if they envisioned him as that way, we would have seen it by now. On paper, you slide him inside, you work on the safety position, but you, it, it, both those guys would very easily be gone. Bottom line, they need starters on the back end of their uh, their defense, not just the safety position, the slot as well. Um, real quick, uh, in the draft, top uh, they have five in the top 100 picks. You know, I've always said you got to go with the best available. I don't care if you end up with 10 great wide receivers because the cream will rise to the top and you always have trade capability and injuries seem to befall a group that seems to have a plethora of talent. So is there anybody specifically that you're saying in the draft, I think this is going to be the direction they're going to go. This would be the guy that would help them right now. No, you know, it's going to be best player available. This is what we know about Brian Gutekind when it comes to the draft. He, he targets two things. Athletic freaks, I mean, he, he loves the testing numbers. Every, every guy he's drafted in the first round, you, you look at Eric Stokes. He ran 4-2, right? Look at yeah. Clay Walker. Uh, look, look at, you know, Rashawn Gary. He, coming out, he was, he was an athletic freak. Jair Alexander, a little undersized, but of, of, of a tremendous athlete. Athletic freaks at premium positions. Corner, quarterback, the, the only edge rusher, the only position that, that he's drafted that, that wasn't a premium position in the first round was Quay Walker at inside linebacker. But when you go back to that decision, that was a decision to fundamentally change their defense. No more dropping a safety into the box and nickel and, 
and going really small and getting plowed over in the middle of the field against the run game. They wanted to keep two inside linebackers on the field. So athletic freak premium position, that is the, the blueprint for Brian Gutekunst when it comes to the draft. Great stuff as always, Ryan. I could talk to you for hours, man. Congratulations to your sister on the twins and the birthday for your boys. And we will touch base again real, real soon. I appreciate it. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill. Take care. Thanks, pal. Talk to you. See, uh, talk to you soon. There you go. Ryan Wood, the Green Bay Press Gazette and the Wood family doubling up when it comes to having the kids. Twins and twins and more twins. So good stuff there. Congratulations to them as well. Great insight. As to, I, you know, I think we can all agree that the, the biggest upgrade for this team has to be the secondary, has to be the defense. And if it is between the personnel that's going to be incoming and the new defensive coordinator, boy, there, there's, there's a lot of eyebrows raised right now in a Packer Nation. And hopefully it all pans out for the Packers coming in the next season. I know one thing, uh, the offense pretty dialed in. You can always use some more pieces pretty dialed in. But man, I'm excited about the defense. Excited. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, don't forget at uh, Lake Country, our friends at Boondocks Barbecue, Burgers, and Baroos. Good place. And uh, if you look them up over on, uh, I think, Facebook and uh, the Instagram page, uh, Boondocks Barbecue Restaurant and Market is what they go by now because they have the market in the back. A lot of their sauces and stuff have been in demand, so they sell them out of the market. But uh, they got a lot of good stuff going on right now. They have um, the big fish fry tonight like everybody does. But uh, they got the legendary Fryer specials at Boondocks. Fryer. Uh, not Friday, Friday, and in the market, it all starts at 4 o'clock, choosing from the golden fried cod, which they have, flaky baked cod, pan-fried walleye, or fried perch dinners, and all the dinners serve with a choice of a couple of homemade size. sides, whether it's uh, the dill slaw, rye bread, tartar, lemon, all that kind of good stuff, uh, and they have it in wraps. You can, got, you can buy it in wraps with, with all kinds of good stuff on it, so they have a lot of good stuff going on at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and brews and they have weekly specials as well so don't forget to check out the boondocks bbq restaurant and market for the weekly specials they have each and every week out at the restaurant there in uh, stone bank on county road k county road k in oconomowoc but technically it's stone bank wisconsin good good stuff and thanks to tom and the whole staff uh, for sticking with us again next year so uh good stuff good stuff there as well um great stuff coming out of ryan wood from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And don't forget, coming up here in about 15 minutes, Mike Clemens is going to be joining us. Take us the rest of the way. We'll talk with Mike about his thoughts on Jeff Halfley, the new defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I got a couple of reactions. This one's from J.D. He said, Unit, I'm cautiously excited about Halfley in the defense. Listening to him talk and watching several YouTube interviews with him, I really like the coaching philosophy. Aggressive, fast, hard-hitting. I love the fact that he talks with his players to get in their heads and to see what they're thinking and then how to use them and put them in the best position to be successful. I also like the fact that he talks to them during the game to find out what they're seeing on the field so he can make the necessary adjustments as well. At the same time, I'm cautious about his coaching experience as to whether or not uh, uh, the players will buy into his system. A huge gamble on LaFleur's part, and I hope it pays off because if it doesn't, LaFleur could go down with the ship. Just one guy's opinion 
Uh, great show as always. That's from JD. I, boy, that, I don't necessarily think Matt LaFleur is going down with the ship. After what he did this past year, I think Matt LaFleur bought himself another get out of jail free card of, of reliability and credibility, to be perfectly honest with you. So I, I I'm, uh, like I said, uh, going into this season, I think all the eyes are going to be on the defense. All the eyes are going to be on the new personnel. All the eyes are going to be on any free agents they pick up and to what level Halfley can put them, as he said, in the best of, uh, best positions to be successful. But I'm I'm more excited uh, about this. I, I, I can't remember a time that I have been excited and optimistic about pretty much everything in Wisconsin. I, I mean, there there's this new exciting beginning after the second Hall of Fame era has come to an end in Green Bay. There's an excitement to that. The Bucks, we'll see what they do in the stretch run. The Brewers, new manager, a lot of young talent. They're exciting. They're go-getters. Obviously, what Greg Gard's done with the basketball program, Marquette, you know, certainly the second year of Luke Fickle. Hell, you've even got the Milwaukee Admirals with an 18-game win streak, for God's sakes. There, this is a good time. If you're a sports fan in the state of Wisconsin, I think you got a lot of optimism, right? We've got a lot to be thankful for, for God's sakes. I'm excited. We're thankful for Mike Clemens, too. He's coming up in the next hour. Don't go anywhere. Another hour of the Bill Michael Show right after this.